Live with CDP Sports Talk, a weekly sports and entertainment podcast sponsored by Barry Cullen Chevrolet. Live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and LinkedIn. And on audio via Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Anchor FM, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Radio Public, and TuneIn. Now, here's your host, Chris Palme. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Season 7, Episode 35, Overall 365 of Live with CDP Sports Talk, sponsored by Barry Cullen Chevrolet Dealership at 905 Woodlawn Road West in the Guelph Auto Mall. Check out barrycullen.com for the newest selection of new and pre-owned GM vehicles, or give them a call at 519-824-0210, or you can email them at info at barrycullen.com. I hope everyone's doing well on this Monday, February 5th, 2024. Uh, We've got no snow here in Southern Ontario or where I live in Guelph. And today it was a balmy zero Celsius, 32 degrees. It feels more like November, December weather than it does February. So I'm looking forward to my guest tonight. Uh, This is his seventh appearance on my show. He's number two all time. His last appearance was on December 28th, 2022. He's a friend of mine, and he is the longtime uh, play-by-play voice of the Basketball Super League's Windsor Express. And his name is Aaron Sanders, and we're going to bring him on and going to talk some hoops with him and maybe a little Super Bowl with him as well. Good evening, Aaron. How are you? Hi, Chris. Glad to be here for the seventh time. And I can recall the last time we were together, it was right before the Spitfires took the action and they were honoring uh, Steve Bell, Beller, over from AM800. So it's great to be back after a year and a half. We've been both busy. So the fact that we're back here, it's awesome. And I do want to say, since we're on radio, longtime listener, first time caller. (laughs) Absolutely. And I always encourage people if they want to, they can uh, participate with comments or they can actually call me 519-820-7188, text the show or call if they wanted to as well. And I've learned how to do that now as well. Uh, Having guests call me on their phone instead of coming on live. (laughs) It it works out. And when you're able to get all those things worked out, you know, the possibilities are limitless. Absolutely. And uh, how how are things in the city of Windsor right now? Well, in the Rose City, and again, because we're a border city, I'm more of a, I'm I'm a Fahrenheit friend than a Celsius chum. We're at 36 right now, which I would say is about two or three Celsius. It's pretty much the same as what you're dealing with right now. None of that S word, and none of the I word either. I feel like, uh, what, what was it? Uh, Wharton Willie has popped out and we should be in for an early spring. I hope so. I, I'd rather have an early spring and an early summer. If you catch my drift, I'm a summer baby, so I'm just looking forward to that 70, 80 degree weather again. Who knows? It, it may pop up in about a month or two. Now, I kind of like the minus 20, minus 30 temperatures. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of like one of these. I was born up in northern Ontario as well. And uh, it, it does, when we do get snow, it doesn't stay here. Uh, hey, I got a viewer already before we get into questions. Sammy, uh, what's up, Aaron? Oh, Sammy. Sammy. Longtime fan of the Spitfires, longtime fan of the Express. He he's pretty much in every event locally. I think he's been to a number of LaSalle Vipers game in, in hockey as well. So he and his father, fantastic people. And I see them each and every time, whether if I'm doing the Lancers or doing the Express game. So Sammy, good to hear from you and glad that you're watching. Absolutely. And uh how many years have you been with the Windsor Express now? Oh, man. So officially, I've been with them since 2015, but I've been with them for it's going to be my 10th year with them coming up in about a couple of days or two, because I started out as a beat reporter when I was in college. So I was in St. Clair for the journalism and media convergence program, and they had a beat reporting class. So at first, I wanted to do something that was challenging to me because everyone knew I was a sports guy. And then when that fell through, I decided to go for basketball. Why not the Windsor Express? And was right in the middle of their first championship season. So that was 2013-14, but I didn't sign on as their broadcaster until the 2015-16 season. And here I am. This Wednesday will be broadcast number 175 BSL and MBLC combined. Hard to believe. 
That's amazing. And I was going to say, uh, I uh, unfortunately I'm not back with the basketball super league this year for uh, business decisions, but I do miss the players and the coaches and uh, I did enjoy my two years and uh, I'm going to have to try to uh, catch a game in Kitchener this year and maybe Windsor. And I, I know the Kitchener Waterloo Titans have uh, are, are an improved basketball club this year and Windsor. You guys uh, had a big win last night in London, 116 to 114. And uh, the, the um, Express are off to what? A four and three start so far, the first seven games. Four and three starts. So they're just over 500. But I think that win against London boosted their confidence because, yes, it may be the beginning of the season, Chris, but at the same time, uh, this could be the ultimate challenge for the Windsor Express. Because when you play five of your first seven games on the road, uh, not only you have to become hometown heroes, you have to become road warriors. So the fact that they were able to kick off their road stand with a win in Sudbury, only to lose to KW last week and then bounce back with a huge win against London, it, it says a whole lot about the perseverance and the integrity of the team. And now they got a big one coming up in the Newfoundland Rogues when they come back home for Wednesday and then play against KW in their own barn on Friday. It's going to be an interesting week. Yeah, like I said, right now they've played five road games or two and three at home. They're two and all. So now they've got some home cooking here uh, Wednesday against the Rogues and then Friday against uh, a very improved Kitchener-Waterloo Titans. Aaron, before we get into questions, what were your thoughts on the win yesterday against a very good London team coached by Doug Plum as usual? You know, it's very it, – it's an honor and a privilege to look over the 4-1 rivalry again. Their 105th meeting and the Express were able to pull through. And yes, Doug Plum, one of the top coaches in Canada basketball, if I say so myself. And then you have a long-standing, well-respected, well-revered coach and Bill Jones coaching the Windsor Express. So they did exceptionally well. I was very impressed with the poise and focus of Chris Jones. And a lot of people that counted him out after he was pretty much uh, – expelled from the NBL a couple of years ago, but he came back a different Chris Jones, a more focused Chris Jones and a well-poised Chris Jones leading the way with 33 points. How about, how about that? The fact that he was able to take care of business against his former team and deliver the damage, even though on the scoreboard, it was a two point victory and it was an ugly one to say the least, but you have to expect that every time London plays Windsor could be the Mustangs and the Lancers could be the Knights and the Spits. A win is a win, and this is one of those statement wins the Express have been needing for a long time. Yes, they could win them at home, but for them to go two or three on the road in the last week and a half, that says a whole lot. What, we all know how good of a player Chris Jones is doing, and um, and he's had some off-the-court um, issues. Do you feel the Windsor Express and Coach Bill Jones can be a good fit for him? He's a very talented player, but I just wanted to get your thoughts overall. What does Chris Jones bring to the Windsor Express on the court? And that's the same question I asked Coach Jones before the first home game of the season nearly a month ago. And I asked him, what's the difference between the Chris Jones we last saw in 2022 compared to Chris Jones two years later? And he simplified it by saying pretty much the password was discipline a whole lot more discipline chris jones coming into it he, he's more well seasoned and he's beginning to become a leader for the express now chris mind you he's been coming off the bench lately and i remember before the pandemic when he played for the express he was a starter and he was one of those nitty-gritty kind of players and he's still able to provide that same nit and grit coming off the bench so he's one of the most powerful players that the bsl has had to offer and he, he's one of those guys, he's pretty much the sixth man. So he brings that, and he brings a whole lot of poise and confidence to the team because I don't know if this will lead into your next question about the Express, but there's only been two or three players that have played with the Express prior to this season. It's pretty much pressing the reset button, new season, new league, pretty much a new look. With Jermyron Jackson and Latin Davis returning from last year and a great veteran in Sam Muldrow in the front court coming back after not playing for the Express or the NBL in general in the last few years, you add that component that is Chris Jones. Well, there's your veteran leadership and there's a whole lot of smiles and a lot of grit to this Windsor Express lineup. Again, seven games down and about 17, 18 more to go, but it's a good start for them so far and they are over 500. 
While Chris was out of the league, Aaron, where, where, where was he playing to keep himself in game shape? Was he playing in another independent league to, to keep himself ready? You know, that's a good question, and I I don't know. I, I would assume he would, he's been keeping himself in game shape over the last two years because he looks better and stronger than ever. And before he left two years ago, I known him as a guy with speed. So the speed was still there. His hard nose activity, it was still there because he'd still go for loose balls. He would go for rebounds and go on the other end of the floor. So the speed didn't drop a bit in the two years that he hasn't been around the Express and the Lightning and all the other teams. Have you been able to interview him yet in the two home games so far at the WFC Youth Center? I would love to interview him to get his point of view as to how the season's gone by and you know what has transpired over the last couple of years but that may be a future interview for one of the broadcasts later on into the season so far i've only talked to the coach about him and it's been nothing but good words speaking of uh former express you got about three of them on the london uh, lightning and mm-hmm. the one of them is billy white when you think of billy white you automatically think of windsor express legend and now he's with london along with nick garth and uh taylor i believe There's yep, three taylor taylor what are your thoughts on on those three players and billy white's time in windsor billy white will still go down as one of the true MBLC Hall of Famers. Even though MBL is no longer here, he's still remembered for his time there with the Halifax Hurricanes, with the Moncton Magic. And of course, there was his time with the Windsor Express. And when you're a veteran, a lot of responsibility lies upon you. And he didn't cower away from that. He was a tough player. He could go to the rack and he could sometimes be a catalyst on the defensive end. For Ja'Kai Taylor, a little bit disappointed to see him go, but this opens up a, an opportunity for him to, you know, branch out his horizons because he played hurt for most of the season last year and didn't have time to do that. Like he wasn't fully healed. And Nick Garth, at first, a lot of people would say, well, there goes a sharpshooter and Nick Garth. But at the moment, he hasn't been playing that well with the London Lightning. But for those three players in their time with the Windsor Express, they were terrific. Garth stepped up in the playoffs and knocked down some key daggers when the Express needed the most, especially in that Sudbury series. Uh, Ja'Kai Taylor, we didn't see much of him, but now he's 100%. And for Billy White, he's just going to play Billy White ball all season long. So if you're a fan of the BSL, whether if you're in Kitchener, Sudbury, or anywhere else, just watch out because once you have a loss like that, that's not going to, he, he's not going to have that kind of memory where he's going to forget about it he's going to come back with a vengeance and the fact too chris that he's played on both sides of the highway 401 rivalry oh it just makes better competition and better basketball for everybody absolutely and uh that win yesterday was huge also getting windsor over 500 at four and three but when you have that many players on your team like the big changeover the express did except for davis and and jackson uh, how long does it take for new guys to fit into a new system and a new coaching staff? And is do the, the Express, obviously Bill Jones is back. Do they have any new coaches or are they the same coaching staff as last year? It's virtually the same staff as last year with the exception of one new coach. And I hope he forgives me. It's a brand new name. So I apologize to that coach in advance. I'll probably apologize when I go to shoot around on Wednesday. No, no hard feelings, but it's virtually the same coaching staff. The same vision to win the championship, of course. But for these new players, like, for example, Tyler Gross, number 10, and I've heard a whole lot about him in articles and from Coach himself that he was going to be one of those breakout players. And he's done that so far. He's provided a lot of highlight moments during the home games, too. And he stepped up against the London Lightning in the two times he's played against them. Uh, another player I would keep in mind, too, along with Jackson and Davis, Paul Harrison, number 33, played in the TBL a year ago, won back-to-back championships with the Pottawatomie Fire and the Shreveport Mavericks. So you have that championship caliber and mentality coming in there. And it may not have been with the Express, but it's been with their sister league as of this season. So he's been fantastic, and these new players have been gelling in real quick because they know how challenging 
the beginning of the season is. And it's a matter of starting and finishing the same way with the bang, start and finish strong. And these young players have been taking the bull by the horns and capitalizing on every opportunity every time they step on the court. What kind of identity does Bill Jones and the coaching staff want with this express team for the 23-24 season? It, it all comes down to, and I remember doing an interview with Coach in their first championship year 10 years ago. And, and I'll never forget this because I keep on mentioning it to him when we do these interviews before the game. I remember the old quote you used to say in terms of the championship teams, play together, stay together. And they haven't let themselves down. They haven't put their heads down when they made a bad pass or the ball goes the other way. They have stuck with it, whether if they're down by 14 or up by 14, because they realize they can't be complacent in the basketball Super League. You don't want to settle. Who has settled and won? I, I ask you. Nobody wins by settling. They learn by adjusting. They learn by doing the best that they can. And they take advice and criticism when needed. So as far as the identity is concerned for the Express this season, it's a matter of growing, adjusting, and filling into that role and just adding more to that. What are the expectations from the Windsor media and the fan base for this Express team? To be the first champions of the Basketball Super League, I remember Coach, he also said to be – in the league, because remember, when they joined the NBLC, it was during the NBL's second season, so they weren't there for day one. So they had to wait a year before they had their shot. But for them to step up, be a part of this league, and have a go to win the inaugural championship, that's their main focus. That's the kind of identity, and that's the message that they have been displaying out to the media, to yours truly, to all the fans out there. Because at the end of the day, if they're able to get it done, well, guess what? They have bragging rights. It's a story that is going to be told for the entirety of the Basketball Super League. So they want to be the first in pretty much everything when it comes to this inaugural season. And I'm sure the other five teams could vouch and have the same sediments. Hey, I wanted to ask you this too, Aaron, since I have you on here. Uh, quick thoughts on Tanner Stuckman's time with the Windsor Express. I got to know him having him on my uh, radio show, my podcast, and doing some live interviews, but I just wanted your thoughts on uh, Stuckman's two years in Windsor. You remember the NBLC postgame show that I did, I think about a year or two ago, where I don't know if it was you or me that ushered in the phrase that he was Bill NBL's answer to Bill Ambeer. Yeah. See, there you go. You, you remember, and that was that was a good game he played that day, too. But he he brought out that grit, and I don't recall a handful of players that produce that same grit and authority, unless if we're talking about, and this is a few years ago, Chris, I remember a player by the name of uh, Wally Ellenson who came in and played for the Express for one year, and he was pretty much nicknamed the Kangaroo Kid. He sacrificed his body each and every play. And it's safe to say that the Windsor Express, they're missing that key component when it comes to Tanner Stuckman. I'm aware that he's playing overseas right now, and hopefully he'll be back in either an Express uniform or in the BSL one way or another, because that is a rare find when it comes to a basketball player. He's tall, and you're able to sacrifice yourself for every offense and defensive play. That's going to put a smile on the coach's face, whether by shoot around practice or game day. He's a terrific player in the front court. And I feel like if the express reach out when that se when his season is over, they could be that one sure piece that the express needs to intimidate the rest of the teams in the BSL, because all the other teams, they are loaded regardless of the standings, but it's a matter of how you play the full 48 minutes along with that uh, identity and it will get you up top at the end of the day. And just quick thoughts on uh, William Claiborne and his time with the Windsor Express for the big man. We, these big guys continue to amaze me year after year. And, it, and I'm not talking about NBL or BSL basketball. I'm talking about basketball in general. Because I remember when I was a kid about 20 or so years ago, uh, the big men were only... They, they were just set into the paint and they were a powerhouse. Now you're seeing players that could 
you know, guy his size, firing shots from the elbow, a nice soft banker off the glass and going for a shot from downtown. And he was able to provide all that. I remember he used to work on his free throws a whole lot because he wasn't there at the beginning of last season. But as the season progressed, he got better and better his free throws because he realized it's those opportunities that you can't take for granted, whether you're on the floor. So he was a great get for the Express for the 23 season. And he's good for pretty much anybody. It's like he's pretty much one of those living proofs, Chris, that basketball evolves. And again, it goes back to not being complacent and settling with what you have. You think about what you could have and what you will have as long as you work hard for it. And he did that. Okay. And uh, I wanted to add this, Aaron, since I have you on as well, what are your thoughts on the 10 years of the National Basketball League of Canada and uh, some of your favorite, most memorable games in that league? It goes without saying that without the National Basketball League of Canada, we wouldn't be speaking today and I wouldn't be maintaining my role the BSL or calling the games, that, if you will. But it was a groundbreaking league because I know Canada has tried a professional basketball league in years past, and they've only last a year or two before folding over. So for the MBLC to survive from 2012 up until last year, it really shows that they cannot be what the kids say slept on. They can't be slept on because we had a plethora of teams from different areas, Kitchener-Waterloo. We had a team in Montreal the first couple of years. They even tried in Ottawa, the Orangeville area, then Windsor, and they hit the jackpot with London. And, of course, in the Atlantic area with Halifax, Moncton, and everywhere else in the New Brunswick area, including PEI, which basketball is missed in that area, mind you. But they, they, they have been fantastic to me, and I'm sure the fans were able to share the same thoughts along with the players. They had a ball performing there. We've seen Hall of Famers step up. We've seen a player in Xavier Moon who played in the TBL first, then in the NBLC for the London Lightning, and now here he goes in, in the G League with the Ontario Clippers. But one of my favorite moments was the All-Star Weekend when they came back from the pandemic because there was a lot of murmurs from from a lot of people saying, when are they going to come back from the pandemic? And they were able to do that, celebrate their 10th anniversary, and form a partnership with the TBL. The All-Star Weekend in Syracuse was one that no one will forget, and I won't forget. I remember receiving an award for all my contributions to the league. It was one of the greatest moments of my life. And then not long after that, did my 150th broadcast and my my family was there which was fantastic the express pulled off a squeaker against the jamestown jackals of the tbl and the early days of my career because at, at first i started as the co-host for the halftime post game show and then a few years later i would do play-by-play -play for a couple of games and then a couple of games out be their color commentator and uh, couple of names I want to mention, and I won't be long. Uh, the people that were there when I started at, at part of the broadcasting for the Express, Brett Hedges, one of the best in the Windsor-Essex County. That goes without saying. Mitch Kobe K, the color commentator, and my longtime former broadcast partner in JP, Justin Prince. So without those guys and the director of the broadcast, Alejandro DeMero, I wouldn't be here today uh, without the leadership of Audley Stevenson, David Magley, all the dignitaries behind the scenes. Uh, I don't think any of us that are working the BSL today that came from the league would be doing this. And I, I'm I'm blessed and I'm thankful to have that opportunity. And, and I'm sure you would sh share the same thoughts too. being one of the media representatives of the last few years. It's just a great opportunity. And now, I'm able to branch out the same when it comes to the basketball super league. So it's best that we pay homage to the MBLC and what we, what they have done in the last few years. There are some lows, but there are some highs too. And that's what people has to remember when it comes to the 11 year history of the MBLC. And speaking of the basketball super league, can you just tell my audience about this new league, the basketball super league, the BSL and some of the changes going into the 2024 season and 
do you see this league uh, being successful long term? And do you see more teams coming into this league at some point? I believe there's what six teams with uh, Newfoundland and Montreal now with the the four old original NBLC teams. And it's a good thing they came along too, because when it comes to those two areas, they've had NBLC history there. For for the Newfoundland area, they had the St. John's Edge with the incomparable Carl English being the hometown hero there before he retired the jersey. And his jersey is still hanging up in the rafters in what was then the Mile One Center, now the Mary Brown Center. And Montreal, they've had a team or two in the early days of the NBLC. And as many people remember, we were basically Ontario-based coming out of the pandemic with the Atlantic teams folding or pursuing other endeavors. But for the BSL, it is a premier league for North America. And yes, I do believe there's going to be a whole lot more teams coming in the next few years. Uh, I could imagine maybe a couple of American teams coming along there too, because the idea is when you have a partnership with the TBL, you have to expect that to happen. Plus the inter-promotional matchups too. So the BSL is a premier league, like I said, and it really thrives off of the home court. They have an unbalanced schedule, which is good for those home games. So you see more home games than road games, more opportunities for the fans to come out and support their teams. And there are a handful of rule changes, but I'll just stick it down to two, the, the ones that I like for sure. For First and foremost, the foul limit. It's no longer seven fouls like it was in the National Basketball League of Canada. It's now the FIBA and NBA limit of five. And there you go with the bonus situation. And I, I like that. And it really makes the game faster and so on and so forth. And plus the media timeouts, they're like the NBA. We get two per quarter now, one under the seven minute mark and one under the three minute mark each and every quarter. And they realize that a handful of these players play in the TBL or play in the MBLC has had NBA or overseas experience. So they want to make them feel at home and at the same time, hope that they dominate and spur this league on to bigger things in the years to come. But in their first year, I've seen nothing but parody and nothing but good things from the league so far. We started at six. Well, who knows? We may be at 20 in a few years to come. How many regular season games with the Basketball Super League? And is the games against the TBL teams count for both teams or just just for the, the Basketball Super League teams? Well, for the time being, the matchups against the TBL teams, they only count for the Basketball Super League. For the TBL teams, up until I would say next month, they're in preseason mode. So all the games they play against the BSL, they will not count towards their records, but it will count towards the BSL. And as for the number of games in the regular seasons, they vary. Uh, the London Lightning, they have more games. And the Windsor Express, they have 24 games this season. So ranging between 24 and I want to say 32, 36 games. And again, that comes with the unbalanced schedule of having more home games than a team would have on the road. At first, I thought they were going to have a set number, but here's the thing. If you want to start this league with a bang, have all the home games that you could get. And I thought it was it was a good idea. And plus, they have the featured games of the week on the BN Sports Network, which it helps. And that's a good start for the BSL in 2024. Can you explain to us about the playoffs? How is this going to work? Is it going to be one versus six, two versus five, or how is it going to work for the playoff format for the Basketball Super League this year? They are still talking about the format as far as I'm concerned, so maybe we'll get some information out of that before the end of the season, hopefully around March or April because we'll be winding down in the regular season by then. But if... Maybe it'll end up like the NBLC the last couple of years, best of five series, or maybe we'll have a best of seven series come in. So the teams are able to realize, well, listen, this is a huge deal. We're playing for the first BSL championship, so we have to give it their all. So we're going to have to wait over the next month or two to see how the format is going to work out. And the, is there any possibility they could have the – 
BSL champion take on the TBL champion at some point? I remember hearing talks about that over the last couple of years because it, it was some sort of a cup championship that was talked about in the MBLC, but it, nothing, it, it did not come to be. But it would be nice, and maybe it could be a summer game, like like how the NFL used to do with, with the Pro Bowl after the Super Bowl in years past. I mean, that would be something. Or that would be a good preseason game to kick off the next BSL season because who knows what, what could happen from there. But that's a pretty good idea, Chris. Absolutely. Hey, and Aaron, um, since I got you on here too, what are your thoughts on uh, Bill Jones and the coaching staff and what do they bring to this organization? Well, they bring veteran leadership. That's for one. Uh, Bill, he played against Michael Jordan in the NBA. And, and honestly, he is <laughs> one, of, one of his best moments in his career. And uh, I think he has a picture of him going up against MJ when he played for the New Jersey Nets. But his team, they've been phenomenal. And they bring that leadership. They, they lead into the faith, the leadership. And that pretty much he's the father of the team to make sure that their players aren't getting a little too over their head or a little too animated because we all know during the heat of the moment that you could probably do one foul and probably dispute it, but it may come at a hefty price in terms of a technical foul or an ejection, but he's done a good job uh, maintaining the composure of this team, especially for the young players too, because some of them, this is their first year in the pros and the others, they haven't played in Canada before. So, what they played in either overseas or in America is different from what we have here in Canada. And he's been going at it since day one of the express back in 2012. So you have the leadership and for the coaches along with the staff too, they bring that own leadership too. Like for example, Aaron McDonald has been Bill Jones's right-hand man since virtually day one. He was part of the two championship teams. Oh, and incidentally, I'd like to mention too, that uh, Scott Newman, the former assistant coach for them, is also the coach of the Pontiac Pharaohs of the TBL. We'll be seeing them here in the Rose City in a couple of months from now. So he owes his success with his time at the Windsor Express. You have Yolanda Croxton, Titus Gaday, who also works with the players too with his own program. And all those, all those coaches that sit on the bench, they have a role and they – do that role real well to make sure that these young players along with the veterans get along well because they know it's going to be a long season but it will be less longer when everybody has fun and they understand where everyone else is getting at it's no vying to be the top man in the team it's that play together stay together mentality so you have to give kudos to coach jones and the rest of his coaching staff for promoting that in day one especially in training camp too is former Titans head coach and former Express head uh, assistant coach Neil Foreman, is he back coaching basketball back in Windsor area again? He's not. And incidentally, I caught him last week call, when I was calling the Windsor Lancers games. He's now the assistant coach of the Lancers women's basketball team, along with one of the decorated head coaches in Canada basketball around that area, Chantel Valet. So I was surprised when I heard that he was an assistant coach, but I don't know how, Chris, but he spotted me when I went into the gym and it was on my way up to the broadcasting booth. And I'm like, there's that guy, Neil Foreman. He may not be back with the Windsor Express, but he's still in Windsor, mind you, trying to help Coach Valet and the rest of the crew build up a tough Lady Lancers basketball team. Because I don't know if you know this, but in the beginning of the 2010s, the Lady Lancers, they were the team to beat. They won back-to-back champion. I think they won four OUA championships, they went to nationals a handful of times, and Valet just pretty much put herself at the top when it comes to OUA and Canada basketball, and she was also the inaugural coach of the then Hamilton Honey Badgers, if you remember, of the CEBL. So a lot of decorated experience when it comes to Foreman and Valet, and I'll make sure that you said hi to when I see him in a couple of weeks. Yeah, please do so, because Neil was so good to me when he was with the Titans. And uh, he was nice enough to let me interview him after their loss to the Lightning in the NBLC Finals, which was uh, 
like it had to be tough on him and the team, but first class uh, first class guy. And uh, I'm glad to see he's back uh, coaching in basketball again as well. Hey, and I do some camera work for the university of Guelph here and, and uh, the women's athletic, the men's athletic always gets the credit, but I'll tell you this, the women's athletics, volleyball, basketball, hockey, whatever has come a long ways. Do, do you have time for just a quick story from me in, in regards to the game of basketball? Yeah, go ahead. My first job, Chris, was being the public address announcer for the St. Clair College Saints. And I'll tell you, when I saw their women's team, it helped uh, renew my spirit and love of the game. They had a tremendous player by the name of Shannon Kennedy. And about a couple of weeks ago, I finally called a game, the Lancers doubleheader, with her father, James J.K. Kennedy, who's also a legend in the uh, folklore of the Windsor Lancers. But she is the OCAA's all-time leading scorer in points. People could talk about Fanshawe and, and Humber and so on and so forth, but when it comes to Kennedy, she was a very consistent scorer. She was a tremendous captain in her final years with the green and gold. And that family is just top-notch. Like even Shannon's brother, Thomas Kennedy, who was the MVP of the OUA last year, now playing overseas in Germany. And they were able to promote that kind of leadership. But back to Shannon, it was because of her, players like Leah Bueller, Tori Schutz, uh, Jade Lyons, the Kuchera twins, that they were able to give me that love for basketball again. Because there was a time where basketball fell off, neither, not only in this nation, but overall, because everyone's saying the game is a little bit soft or a little bit slower than it was back in the 90s and the early 2000s but that ladies team like they had trials and tribulations but they were able to work their way up go to the championship game and it's mainly because of her leadership and coach Andy Kiss's leadership so shout outs to the game of women's basketball because we all know it's rising right now but my personal feel to it is credit to St. Clair and Shannon Kennedy and the Lady Saints for you know, getting me to where I am today. It's just what a tremendous class and what a tremendous team. Absolutely. And I got some more viewer comments. Sammy, uh, Aaron Sanders, was there a fight last night? I'm not sure what that's about. And then uh, I think this is Cal. Cal McMurrin. Yes, sir. What's good, Aaron Sanders. And again, I want to say thanks to Sammy and Cal and Sandy Travis for watching this. Uh, Well, Aunt Sandy, thank you for tuning in. Kale, I will see you at the Ravens game because I'm still their PA announcer, the Essex Ravens. So I talk to him pretty much every every game day. So he <laughs> he has a great prowess in football. And Sammy, I I didn't know there was a fight. I was at honestly, I was at work during most of the game, so I wasn't able to catch much of it. So I was only able to catch the replays and some of the highlights. But now I'm going to have to look into that because perhaps that win makes it more meaningful when you have some grit and tenacity put into that too absolutely and uh that leads to my next question aaron uh just thoughts on the two new teams in the basketball super league so far in the montreal uh, tundra and the newfoundland rogues quickly well for the montreal tundra uh, they're going through a little bit of hard times right now three and six record but they have an mblc veteran in antoine mason who is the son of late NBA legend Anthony Mason, who played for the Knicks back in the mid-90s. So you you have that toughness into there. Hopefully they're able to get a couple of wins soon. And for the Newfoundland Rogues, they have a great player in Armani Chaney, who's been spearheading uh, the Rogues and their success. Can't wait to see them on Wednesday. And they also have the reigning coach of the month just announced today in Jerry Williams. And he's also won the inaugural best-dressed coach of the month in the Basketball Super League, too. So the Newfoundland Rogues, I would watch out for this team because they're in the top uh, they were in the top three, but they dropped with that loss to KW yesterday. They're a tough team from outside, and they're a tough team when it comes to the mid-range, too. Besides the London Lightning, what, who are some other teams that can contend for a BSL championship this year? And maybe a, a dark horse team that might surprise some people at the end. At first, I thought the Sudbury Five, but they, they've been contenders for the last two years, so uh, they, they already have that title. But I would say the KW Titans because they were able to take Dexter Williams Jr. from the Sudbury Five a year ago, a player that's been with the Five since their inception. 
back in the 2018-19 season. And he's a hard-nosed player in the mid-range as well. He could get the job done. He's well in the transition game, and he brings that brute force that the KW Titans needed after uh, being eliminated by the Lightning last year and being swept by the Lightning in the championship a couple of years ago, too. So he brings that brute force there, and he's one of the key reasons why I think the Titans could be a dark horse in the BSL, too. And, and not to mention uh, Jalen Tate, too. He is a very great player. We've seen him in his days in the Niagara River Lions in the NBL and both in the CBL. So he's just a great guard overall with great shot choices. And don't forget the Express, too. Express and you you have the Rogues Wednesday night and the Titans uh Friday night. Both games are what seven o'clock starts and they're on BSL TV. That's correct. A Wednesday night special night for the organization, Express to the Trades. Uh, this is their third year in a row that they're going to be doing it, Chris. And this is an opportunity for all the high school students to come into the arena early and try to pursue opportunities in the skilled trades. Uh community and for friday it is hoops and hearts night the game before valentine's day already got my jacket picked out for friday so it's it's going to be a dandy it may be hoops and heart nights on friday chris but there's no love lost between the titans and the express since i have you on aaron and you're a suit guy how many suits have you added since i had you on my show last in the last year and a half about four or five so i'm up to 30 and uh so many, so many ties. I think I'm at 200 ties now, Chris. Wow. I still don't have one, but uh, hey, um, overall, how, how was the attendance the first two games at the WCU Center and uh, what other promotions are coming up in the in the next couple of weeks for the Express? It's been good attendance so far, to say the least. And, and again, I forgot to mention when it comes to talking about the BSL, one of their requirements for a team to be in the BSL is to be an arena that houses no less than 2,500 people. So all the teams were able to capitalize on that. The crowds have been good at the WFCU Center. I expect a big crowd, mainly the younger crowd uh, for Wednesday. Also, we have a family day game on the 19th against the KW Titans. So I expect the WFCU Center to be jam-packed around then. And like I mentioned, too, Friday, the Hoops and Hearts Nights and the rest of the theme nights throughout the season, that, uh, well, everyone else is going to have to tune in because we're going to have a fun season, and it's great that the community is able to get together and back up the Windsor Express as they are in the BSL. Do you have the same color analyst, Drake? And do you guys have an on-court reporter yet? My, yes, sir, Drake the Heel Demore is back. Oh, and by the way, we saw your interview with Jacques Rougeau. Well done. Good on you. Thank Good you. you Thank you. Foremost. Thank you. And oh, my pleasure. Um, he and I, we're back for a third year in a row, and our job is to try to paint the picture for everybody when it comes to Windsor Express basketball and unofficially try to put in three wrestling references each and every game we also have a wrestling podcast so i feel like we 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 have to at this point and as far as sideline reporters are concerned we don't have that yet but i'm glad to say that drake and i are doing our pre-game shows from court side now so we got a big kick out of that when we were able to do that because it, it brings us closer to the fans and it brings us closer to the action as well and we still have the coaches interview during the pregame show too which i enjoy doing and i appreciate coaches time uh to take that out and just say a few words for me about what's going on in today's game and in the league since i have you on aaron you want to promote your uh, wrestling podcast and where it's available and how often do you record an episode you got it. So we are the Sports Entertainers, a Windsor's exclusive podcast when it comes to the world of wrestling. We just started a new year. As a matter of fact, we just had our very first ever award show, the Essies. You have the SBs and the Dundies, but we have the Essies. And uh, we paid homage to what has happened in wrestling in 2023. Best storylines, best male and female wrestlers, so on and so forth. And we just had a new episode before CM Punk got injured, incidentally, and hopefully we'll have a new episode later on into the month. We usually put up an episode every two to three weeks. So it's myself, Drake, and another chum in 
Curlis Maddie. Now, Curlis used to be the weekend anchor over at AM800 CKLW. And when I heard that he wanted to get a wrestling podcast going, I, I had a feeling that Drake would like it. So when I saw those two talk about wrestling, we just decided right then and there, let's have the wrestling podcast. Let's do it. So our goal is to do a new episode every two to three weeks on a Thursday. And you could catch it on anywhere you could get your podcast. You get it from Google, Spotify, Apple, you name it. We're all there. And plus, in addition to the podcast, Chris, we also uh, do vlogs from local wrestling events too. And it should be pointed out that TNA Wrestling, formerly Impact Wrestling, and, and, and all those other names, coming back to Windsor next month. And we're going to be on hand for that to cover it because we did cover Border City Wrestling's 30th anniversary, which had Jacques Rougeau there along with Santino Morella and Kurt Angle. So all that and more, the Sports Entertainers Podcast. Definitely. Hey, since I got you on for a few more minutes, just thoughts on Cody Rhodes, The Rock, and Roman Reigns and what's going on with WrestleMania 40 in Philadelphia. Social media... You know, you could either people use it either for clout or for bragging rights, but it's not a good move for WWE. But at the same time, I do want to point out that it's good that they're getting the reception and the reaction as they are. I think it's now one of the most disliked videos on YouTube when The Rock came out and just stared at Roman Reigns. But when is Cody Rhodes ever going to finish his story? I don't know. Could be an elimination chamber could be after wrestlemania in philadelphia but it's a weird storyline but then again i feel like this is overtones of what they've done with brock lesnar or all the other wrestlers back then in either the attitude era or afterwards so we're gonna have to wait and see what they're going to do with cody rose because he could either go for the world heavyweight championship by going toe-to-toe against seth rollins or he waits until the rock and Roman Reigns square it up and, you know, just pick up whoever capitalizes off of that. It's an interesting storyline, to say the least. Absolutely. And I'm going to have to check out your next episode because there's a lot going on in the world of professional wrestling. And uh, I will definitely uh, make sure I check out your next episode. Um, I have some more viewers. Uh, Kel, uh, he's, uh, I haven't been to Express Games since the end of 2019 when I finished working um, part-time as staff at the WFCU Center. I need to come back to the games, uh, definitely. And uh, another comment from Kel, Impact last July uh, for a Sam- Slammiversary was awesome. It was, and we were on hand for that, too. We packed up the St. Clair College gym for that, and that was, I would believe, that's the start of Impact Wrestling going back to their old name, TNA Wrestling, too. And hats off to Scott Demore and everybody else who put on a terrific show that night. And, and Kale, and, and I do want to point out, because I know we're tight on time, but uh, that crew that puts the planks on the ice and puts the cord over top, you know, the conversion crew, one of the most underrated groups, whether it be in the WFCU Center, the Sleeman Center, the Auditorium, Budweiser Gardens, because they, they work their tails off in the graveyard shift hours to make sure either the court's there or the ice is resurfaced and whatnot. And the WFCU Center, they're going to be going through a lot of uh, a lot of conversions this week, Chris. Wednesday night, Express Game. Thursday night, the Spits come back to town. Uh, they really need to get a win. And then they get to do it all over again when they put the floors down for Friday. So, Kale, yes, come to a game. And when you do, let me know. I'll say hi to you before I go on the air. Okay. And, uh, Aaron, finally, we're going to wrap this up with the NFL. <laughs> talk about the Detroit Lions. And I want to get your thoughts on the Super Bowl 58 matchup between the Kansas City Chiefs and the uh, San Francisco 49ers. I wanted to ask you, how devastating was that Detroit Lions 34-31 loss to the Niners uh, last uh, two weeks ago at the NFC Championship game at uh, Levi Stadium? I do want to say my prediction for the Lions at the beginning of the season was they would make it as far as the divisionals. And boy, did they prove me wrong. They did an exceptional job this season. In the championship game, this is the beginning of good things to come for the Detroit Lions. They could just take this negative and just work on it during the offseason. But 
if they would have made if they would have made a couple of field goals and they would have caught the ball, then we would be talking about them going up against uh, Kansas City in the Super Bowl this coming Sunday. It devastating for a lot of fans, but the fact that the Lions had a lot of support along the way. And mind you, this was a coach that was part of that 0-16 team. And I was, I don't know if I mentioned it the last time I was here, but I did say a handful of times when Dan Campbell was signed up for the Lions, I thought he was unprofessional. He was dropping S and F bombs throughout and so forth. And I thought he wouldn't make it throughout his second year. But here he is. What was it? 313 and 1-1 one year. And now here he is winning 12 or 13 games and claiming the division. This is a positive for the Detroit Lions, and hopefully they're able to work on that next year because in the NFC, San Francisco has a powerhouse team. And then, of course, you can't doubt the Green Bay Packers out because we have that old-time rivalry. But it's going to be tough for the Detroit Lions, but I checked their schedule, and I'm going to call it right now, and you have to get me back here in either January of the new year or whatnot. They could go 12-5. and I think this team, if they can stay healthy, and that's one thing about the National Football League or in pro sports, is the X factor is always the injury factor. So if the Lions can stay healthy and and, and keep most of their core and add in the draft, I can see them winning 11 to 12 games next year as well. But uh, how much of a Lions town is Windsor, by the way? They they embraced it, and if you spoke with Mike K. Cook over at the morning drive, he he could tell you right then and out we were bleeding Honolulu blue over the last few weeks. Uh, CTV put up a story that the Windsor City Hall put up a Detroit Lions flag up in preparation of the NFC Championship game. There were a lot of Windsor rights hightailing it across the border to go to Ford Field for that divisional championship game against the Rams. So they were re- they were on that high for so long, especially in the NFC Championship games. But even though Windsor Wrights are a bit disappointed that they didn't make it to the big show, uh, they have a whole lot to be proud of because when it comes to the border city, all those sports just bleed in at the end of the day. Like you have your Pistons, Lions, Tigers, Red Wings, and then in Windsor, you got your Spits. You got the Saints, the Lancers, and the Express too. So talk about the perks of being a border city. If you had to pick a team in Detroit, which one would it be if they were going to win a championship? Is it a Red Wings town, Taggers town, Pistons town? Or do you feel if the Lions ever get to a Super Bowl and win it, it would be the Lions would own the town? Oh, that would be it. Uh, the Lions would be Lions would claim Detroit right then and there as a title town because the Pistons, as a matter of fact, we won't talk about the Pistons. We know how... I didn't think they would be. I, I didn't think they would be this bad. Honestly, I didn't no. think they would be this bad. And Kate Cunningham got injured too, so that that brought them down a little bit. But I was happy they were able to break that all-time losing streak against the Raptors, which yes. was which was a terrific game. The Red Wings they got a couple more years until they're able to get back. They're in close. The playoffs. They're they close. So close. They're really close. Very close. They could make it. In, they could make it past the first round. And they could be swept in the next round. And, and you know what? I would be happy about that because they exceeded expectations. The Tigers, give them five or six years. They still have to build off of who they could get in the outfield because I think that would be key in baseball. And then maybe we'll see them in the wild card game in a few years' time. And then who are we missing? We're missing somebody, I believe. Or I think we covered it. Yeah, I think we, we covered, covered everything. Definitely. Okay. And uh, and finally, we're going to get to the Super Bowl 58 matchup. Uh, who do you see winning Super Bowl 58? Who could be an X factor for both teams? And who's your prediction for Super Bowl 58 MVP? I'm going for San Francisco all the way. If they're able to make a comeback like they did in the second half, uh, they could capitalize against Kansas City. And I would say... I would say the O-line could play a huge role, along with the special teams, too. I didn't see much defense from the San Fran game, but I saw, ironically, a whole lot of defense from the AFC Championship game. And I will say this, too. I don't know what the quarterback in Baltimore was thinking that one time he threw it right in the end zone, and there was triple coverage for Kansas City. I do want to point that out right then and there, because that's a that's a cardinal sin. That's a rookie mistake. You don't throw it when a man's in coverage. If he runs a slant, then maybe that's your best bet to get a touchdown. But triple coverage, no. But offense and special teams will play a huge role. And as for MVP, I would just give it, I would just give it to the quarterback in San Francisco. And 
I would say it'll be a close game, but I think the difference will come about, let's say, six or seven points. So just a one-score game. Pretty close. I'm going to go with the Chiefs winning 31-21, and uh, Patrick Mahomes is the MVP. He's 10-1 and as an underdog, and this is his fourth Super Bowl in five years. Brock Purdy is still terms uh, very inexperienced. This will be his first Super Bowl, and uh, it's really hard for a young quarterback to be in his first Super Bowl, and Mahomes is now a veteran, so I got to go with Andy Reid. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and the Chiefs defense is better than San Francisco. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs winning this game 31-21. Well, it's tough, too, considering the veteran. And these two teams met in the Super Bowl four years ago. And boy, have the teams changed since then. I think that was the last major sporting event until until before the pandemic. And I remember watching that game, too, and I thought San Francisco was going to run away with it. I remember one key point when they scored a touchdown and they started uh, what they call it flexing for the cameras. They thought they had it in the bag and I was going for Kansas city that year, but Kansas city bounced back and pretty much put, uh, put Kansas, uh, put San Francisco's foot in their mouth. And now hopefully uh, San Francisco learned from that, especially with a lot of rookies. But I agree with you. Purdy may have some inexperience into that big scene, but you never know what could happen from there too because we all know what happened to the eagles a year ago yes and they had a meltdown this year which i don't want to talk about and we're going to finally wrap this up with the final segment this is a new part of my show the final segment is called asked ask the host a question and aaron do you have a question you want me to answer well i could think of a couple but you know what this is the best thing about broadcasting is like where you have to think on the spot okay Here's my question. When are you going to be either a play-by-play or a color commentator, either in the Guelph region or, or, or in Buffalo? I think right now, if I had a choice, I think I would start out as a color analyst. I think that's how I would start out as right now. But right now, I love doing my freelance media work. But uh, for me, broadcasting, I think I would start out as a color analyst before I would attempt play-by-play. Well, you know what, that, that that's how I started, too, as one of the analysts. And, you know, at the at the end of the day, again, I'm surprised to be where I am. But I, I always thought, and again, this is our seventh meeting here, uh, you'd be a good color analyst and you'd be a good broadcaster. And, and honestly, if you were like one of the analysts or one of the people at the desk for the Buffalo Bandits games, then you best believe I'm going to tune in and watch the National Lacrosse League. Oh, and send my best to to Pat over there, too. I don't know if you're still in contact with him, but I know he's a good color commentator, too. Pat Gregor or Mm -hmm. Pat Malacarol? Pat Malacarol. Pat Pat Gregor. Pat Gregor. Yeah, one day I'm going to have to get you guys both on because he's a great young broadcaster just like yourself, and he's got me into the National Lacrosse League just like you got me into the National Basketball League of uh, Canada. We're going to wrap this up. What is a fun fact about Aaron Sanders and where can my audience uh, follow you on social media and just let us know about the Windsor Express next uh, couple home games and broadcasts on BSL TV. And uh, if somebody's interested here in watching live stream or on audio, what is the price for BSL TV this year? Well, I'll start with the Windsor Express home games because we're very close to it. The next home game is Wednesday. They'll face the Newfoundland Rogues. This will be their fifth time these two teams will go up against each other because they played each other four times, I believe, last season. But that's when the Rogues were part of the TBL. Uh, it's going to be a big game. I think it's going to be an offensive coordinated game. And you could catch all that on BSL TV. If you want to catch uh, every bit of the action, you could buy the league pass for $39.99. Or if you want to get a single game pass, it's $5.99. Uh, for me, you could follow me on social media at Instagram at AaronSanders.FrostFather. I'm also on Facebook and Twitter. And a fun fact about me is if I'm not calling games or if I'm not working at AM 800, you'll usually see me at the bowling alley. And I like pie too. And uh, what's your favorite pie again? Lemon meringue. From Riverside Pie Cafe? You got it. From Riverside Pie Cafe. And any lemon meringue pie will do, too. Does Windsor have the best pie in Ontario? Technically, yes, because we have one of the best pizzas out there. But as far as pie is concerned, 
I'm not sure. Then again, I may have to check out Niagara Falls Pie uh, when I go there next week because, you, you know, I, I'm interested and in, I'm technically a foodie along with Coco. But uh, you know what? That's a good question. You got to get back to me on that in a couple of weeks. Absolutely. Hey, Aaron, I'm going to wrap this show up again. Live with CDP Sports Talk is on weeknights from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern on radio station WQEE 99.1 FM in Noonan, Georgia, the home of Southern Talk in sports. I forgot to do that earlier in the show. But, Aaron, I want to say thank you so much for coming on my 365th episode tonight of Live with CDP Sports Talk. I really appreciate your friendship, support over the last few years, and we'll definitely have you back on again uh, maybe before the start of the BSL playoffs possibly. Well, Chris, thank you so much for that. And 365 shows, my goodness, think about it. If you would look at look at this, you could have an episode each and every day, my friend, with, with that. 365 episodes, and I've been uh, fortunate to be a part of seven of them, seven. and looking forward to be back uh, very soon. And you keep on you keep on doing you, and you keep on working hard with the National Lacrosse League. And hopefully, we cross paths again, whether by way of the BSL or you come down here in Windsor very soon. Thank you so much. Absolutely, Aaron. Have a great night and uh, continued success in your broadcasting career and with the Windsor Express. Thank you so much. I'm fortunate to be a part uh, of them and 175 games starting on Wednesday. It's just it's just a pleasure. Thank you, everybody. Have a good night, Aaron. Thank you so much. You too. Thank you all. Good night. All right, guys, that was Season 7, Episode 35 tonight with Aaron Sanders, the longtime play-by-play -play voice of the Windsor Express on basketball league the basketball super league tv and the express have two games this week at home wednesday against newfoundland at seven o'clock and friday night against the kitchener waterloo titans as well and before we wrap this show up guys i've got a special live edition of i have a special edition of live with cdp sports talk tomorrow tuesday february 6th at 2 30 p.m eastern and i'm gonna play a little clip from my youtube channel of my uh upcoming guest I'm so excited. I have a radio interview on February 6th at 2.30 Eastern with Chris Palme, and we are going to be on WQEE 99.1 FM. I can't wait, and it's actually going to be streamed live so that you can tune in. So if you have any questions for me, I'll see y'all there. Don't step in it. Hey, y'all. I'm so all right, guys, that clip was courtesy of my YouTube channel, and I'm really looking forward to my guest tomorrow, and I'm going to put that on my ticker again. Uh, next live with CDP Sports Talk, again, sponsored by Barry Cullen Chevrolet here in Guelph, is going to be tomorrow, Tuesday, February 6th, 2.30 p.m. Eastern, with Nashville recording artist star uh, Tori Martin, whose, lit whose latest single came out on January 26th called Stepping In It. So we're going to talk to her about that, and we're going to talk to her about her music career, and maybe talk to Tori a little bit about last night's uh, Grammy Awards in Los Angeles as well. So I hope you guys can tune in to Season 7, Episode 36 uh, tomorrow, Tuesday, February 6th, 2.30 p.m. Eastern with Tori Martin. And I'm really excited to have her on my show as a guest. And we're going to wrap this show up as always, guys. Live with CDP Sports Talk, again, is a weekly sports and entertainment talk show hosted by yours truly, Chris Palme, is on weeknights from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key of the home of Southern sports and talk, the heartbeat of Atlanta. And once this live stream is done, you guys can tune in to the radio station to WQEEFM.radio. 12345.com and listen to my on the radio as well. Live with CDP Sports Talk is also live streamed on these platforms YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, slash X, LinkedIn, and also now available on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram at Chris Palme as Live with CDP Sports Talk is now on Instagram as well. And also, you can check out my website at beacons.ai slash Chris D. Palme. Again, Live with CDP Sports Talk is sponsored by Barry Cohen Chevrolet Dealership at 905 Woodlawn Road West in the Guelph Auto Mall. Check out barrycohen.com for the newest selection of new and pre-owned GM vehicles or give them a call at 519-824-0210 or email them at info at barrycohen.com. And speaking of Barry Cohen Chevrolet, discover a winter event at Barry Cohen Chevrolet, a 2024 Silverado 1500 
1500 pickup truck, 0.99% financing for up to 60 months. And also at Barry Collins Chevrolet right now, with a new vehicle pr purchase, you can get a $140 instant rebate on winter tires on a set of four new Bridgestone Blizzak uh, winter tires with the purchase. Uh, finance, lease, on a eligible uh, for vehicles between 2022 and 2025. Again, more details at barrycollin.com. Also, I am a content creator on TikTok. Uh, you can follow me there at Live with CDP, at Live with CDP on TikTok. StreamYard is the official live stream provider of Live with CDP Sports Talk. If you're into webinars or podcasting such as yours truly, check out StreamYard.com. They have basic free plans or plans that I have, like a professional plan for $49 a month. And if you're a business that does a lot of webinars or live streaming for your business, check out StreamYard.com and contact the sales department for more details on StreamYard for your business. Live with CDP Sports Talk, the audio version is available on these platforms. iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify for Podcasters, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, CastBox, LinkedIn, Pandora, and TunedIn. Finally, you guys can email or text Live with CDP at cpome19 at gmail.com, or you can text the show at 519 8207188 any comments questions suggestions any feedback would be greatly appreciated as well and uh i want to say thank you again to aaron sanders the longtime voice of the windsor express of the basketball super league for coming on here today and uh, i'm excited about tomorrow's show uh with um tori Tori, uh, geez, I forgot her name. Tori Martin. Sorry, guys, I have a lot on my plate. Tori Martin, uh, the Nashville recording artist star, will be on tomorrow at 2.30 p.m. And uh, I'm excited to talk about her latest single, Stepping In It, and to her music career. So that's about it. Uh, I want to say thank you to everyone watching this live streamed and also on audio platforms and to those people listening on radio station WQEE 99.1 FM. I hope everybody has a great night, great evening, and we'll see you back here tomorrow, Tuesday, February 6th at 2.30 with Tori Martin. And we're going to talk some country music and uh, Grammys with her as well. So that's about it. Again, thank you to Aaron Sanders and thank you to everyone for watching live with CDP Sports Talk and sponsored by Barry Cullen Chevrolet dealership here in Guelph. Good night, everybody. And we'll see you tomorrow with Tori Martin.